0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Picholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Picholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Tyler and I preview the NBA Finals as the defending champion Golden State Warriors look to be the first team to three-peat since the Kobe Shaq Lakers while their opponents, the Toronto Raptors, are set to play in their first NBA finals in franchise history. Plus, a top high school prospect has decided to go overseas instead of going to college, so we'll talk about what it means and how it could affect future top high school prospects and their decisions regarding their futures. All right, let's start the show. Welcome you to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the kingdom. What's going on, TP
1: man? Episode ninety nine. We're here, man. What's you, going still, on? you stole. You my opening bar. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, back with that old move. Oh. I was just about to say how crazy it is. We're at episode 99.
0: Yeah, man. It's been a it's been a long jersey. Uh, jersey. It's been a long journey. Uh, it started out with a lot of jerseys. Yep, that's for yeah, sure. Yep. Uh, but it's episode 99 of the TSK show. It's the NBA Finals preview. Before we get to the NBA Finals matchup, uh, we do have to wrap up the Bucks and Raptors series that was the Eastern Conference Finals for the 2018-2019 NBA season. And similar to the Warriors, the Raptors have been on a historic path this postseason as they've reached their first NBA Finals in franchise history after stealing Game 5 in Milwaukee and then coming back down from 15 points. Uh, Another comeback victory of a 15-plus deficit in uh, in Game 6 to advance. Kawhi obviously put the team on his back and has carried them this first season uh, as a member of the Raptors franchise, uh, he became the third player since 2000 to lead his team in scoring and then lead his team to the NBA Finals uh, since 2000 in his first year with the franchise. LeBron did it in Miami with the Heat. Jason Kidd did it in New Jersey with the Nets. So Kawhi making history once again. Yep. Pretty pretty impressive. Quietly.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah quietly. He uh, – it's crazy how he just doesn't show any demeanor on the court, no matter what. It's, it's weird, but it works. He let out a quick smile in the in the post-game press conference after game six with him and Kyle Lowry at the podium.
1: That's why people can't compare him to people, you know? Like, the Jordan thing doesn't necessarily work great right? because of the person. You know, yeah, the, both Kobe, that was a big part of Jordan. Both Kobe
0: and Jordan had this charisma about them.
1: Well, and I mean, you know, and like even a different charisma, like, brawn and magic yeah for sure you know people like that or Shaq. you know he he just gives you nothing so it's tough to compare him to anybody because he's his own guy
0: yeah but overall the series between the bucks and the raptors was extremely entertaining you had a matchup of without a doubt the two best players in the eastern conference and i think that's completely safe to say that Giannis and Kawhi are the two best players in the conference after everything we saw yeah, now, in this in yeah. this Eastern Conference Finals matchup.
1: Now probably I mean throughout a good part of the year I probably would have had Kyrie up there. Um but uh Kawhi just kinda has had that season where he just reminded us what we were talking about two, three years ago when it was really hard to place Kawhi he was really among left. the NBA elite because it was like fuck, is he number two or is he number five? Or where does he where does he rank among all these great players? And he always just shows you you know with the Spurs and now with the Raptors, he just shows you what he can do. Yeah. That that, that year off, you know, and now it's been two years since he was relevant, really. Yeah. Well, the the year before
0: last season, when he only played nine games, uh, his last full season with the Spurs, he was really that third name in the in the MVP conversation that year. And I think this postseason and especially in the Eastern Conference Finals, the way he carried himself and carried the team and with his performance and execution on the floor, he really showed that he he's in that LeBron Kevin Durant tier, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why I mean it is probably safe now to say it's him and Giannis.
0: Yeah. But another element to this series, which I thought was really interesting and I thought was obviously gonna be the X factor in this series for both teams was you had two teams with a lot of depth and a well-rounded supporting cast surrounding a superstar player. And the series basically came down to whoever's supporting cast showed up and executed the most was going to win, and ultimately that was the Raptors.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Raptors are a solid team. They've been, you know, obviously it's a new face, but they've made a lot of runs as a franchise in the last five, six years. Uh, They've got a lot of players with a lot of experience, including Kawhi Gasol. Um, this Bucks team to me now in retrospect, after the season is over, is like kind of similar to like the Cavs with Braun that first run. Like when they, if they didn't have Giannis, this might be the worst team in the league. <laughs> you know, like when when the cat, like when the Cavs were crushing everybody, getting number one seeds. Um with Braun there before miami you know young Braun. yeah when it was a he left he to... left that team and they were the worst team in the league yeah that's how they, they went, got Ky they Kyrie. Went, yeah so they went from you know one, one of the top five teams in the league including the western conference uh, to the worst team in the league that's what I, that's how i feel about this bucks team that's how i think that uh that roster was shaped
0: yeah and it's it's just crazy that Giannis and the bucks had the best record in the regular season the entire year they were the best team the entire year and then yeah. they run into basically this immovable force and Kawhi leonard well, know, and the raptors and
1: it's just like everyone knew they had to respect the raptors but it's just no one it was tough to pull the trigger on the raptors yeah at the same time but it's just because, I mean, LeBron James has dominated the Eastern Conference for the last eight years, so it's tough to think of anyone actually doing it. Right, this year so the door. Giannis was kind of just the, the hot pick for the time being uh, when you had people that went through Philly, Boston, uh, you know, and then including Toronto.
0: Yeah, I mean, with LeBron leaving the East, he left the door wide open for someone to claim the crown in the East. And like we've been saying all season, it was really the those four teams: Philly, Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee, who mm-hmm. surprised us last season and really affirmed what we saw last year. This year,
1: yep. And but they're just that they're just a lot. their role players. I think are on a, a tier below the Raptors' role players. Yeah, I would 100 percent agree uh, with that. And so it's not that they don't have a good team. I like their system. They've got the le- they've got all the length. They've got versatile basketball players that can all play on the perimeter. It's all good. I just, I just think it's like it's a one man show right now. They're still building that roster to make it better, and they kept making great moves. I mean, they even picked up Powell, who didn't get to play. Like they, yeah, just, he ended up getting they, hurt. They just kept picking up guys. They picked up Miritik. They picked up Ilyasova. You know, they've picked up guys throughout the years, and uh, you know, off season or the trade deadline every year. Um, so they just got to keep doing that, and they'll get better. But as of right now, that team is not very good without Giannis.
0: Oh well, duh. But to com- to compare the supporting casts in the series, Kyle Lowry f- for Toronto had his best series of the playoffs in the Conference Finals. Yeah. Siakam has had great moments in the in the series. Uh, when I think overall he's taken a step back from what we saw in the regular season, just because I think he's not really used to that playoff. Uh, mode in those playoff games because he what he's not as experienced since he's a younger player and he didn't really get as much time last year in the playoffs because he wasn't as far ahead as he was this year yep. and he didn't have as big of a role uh also Gasol and Ibaka did what they had to uh, did what they had to do against uh Giannis defending him when they were on him Kawhi was absolutely incredible yeah guarding and more, Giannis and,
1: and that's also another thing I, I look at when I when I see the Raptors roster, they're just built to defend Giannis. Um I mean, they've got three or four of the best matchups in the league play on the same team for against for Giannis. Yeah, they got three defensive uh, player so of the year caliber you know, they're players. They're almost built to beat the Bucks. And then But I'm I'm most happy for Lowry. For yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm really happy for Kawhi to like get you know, back to prove himself uh you know, to prove everybody that they were sleeping on him again. <laughs> yeah. For, you know, the second or the third time now. Uh, but Lowry to get that monkey off his back is big time.
0: Yeah. It, it, the crazy part is Kyle Lowry and Marcus Hall were teammates in Memphis yeah, way yeah. back in the day. Yep,
1: that's cool as well. But that's the crazy. biggest
0: improvement for the Raptors supporting cast though, I have to say, was Fred Van Vliet, who the last three games of the series before that, he was averaging four points per game in the series. And then he had a baby in the middle of the series.
1: Yeah, that's a cool story.
0: Yeah. So the last three games after his baby was born, he averaged 16 points per game in three crucial closeout games for the Raptors. He and shot ba- ba-
1: Basically, he couldn't miss.
0: Yeah, he shot 68% from the field, and he was 14-17 of from three, which is 82%.
1: The guy's shooting 82% as a dad.
0: Yeah. So, like like we've been saying, the supporting cast around the Raptors, uh, as well as Kawhi, who was incredible, did exactly what they had to do Mm -hmm. to neutralize the Greek freak to the point where he still made an impact on the series and he got his, basically. Yeah. But the supporting cast around him...
1: That was the difference. Yeah, sure. they weren't able to capitalize. Because Giannis played great as well.
0: Yeah, they weren't able to capitalize the way they had in previous yeah. series
1: in they the could, postseason. They couldn't finish games, and that's just uh, shows a lack of experience, lack of depth, probably. You know. Yeah. That those are the kind of things. That's what it means. Uh, the Bucks are on their way. They're going to be a force. Well, the 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 more the more experienced, the more veteran team, the deeper team uh, won.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. So looking now ahead to Thursday, game one. So great. Yeah. In the six. We got history on both sides of the finals. Warriors in their fifth straight finals for the first time since the Celtics in 1966, like we said last episode. Mm -hmm. They're trying to become the first team to three-peat since the Kobe Shaq Lakers. And then the Raptors, it's their first NBA finals in franchise history. You know what? I just remembered this and it popped into my head. I want to talk about Demar Derozan for a second because without him, Toronto wouldn't be here in, oh, the, yeah. in the finals because yeah, no what he did for the culture. He's in, still
1: he's still salty though. For I'm sure. sure
0: he is. I'm sure he is. But it the, the Raptors wouldn't be nah, where they're definitely. where they are today without Demar Derozan. And nah, I,
1: and the Raptors fans
0: love him. He probably got a lot of hate on social media uh after game six when the Raptors won but uh hopefully he did get some positive tweets from from Raptors fans thanking him for all that he did for the franchise but anyway I just wanted to get that out because DeMar DeRozan no
1: one's one's hating on DeMar here DeMar doesn't deserve the slander that he probably got DeMar DeMar here the less I like
0: it (laughs) but anyway so like I was saying history on both sides this is the first time during this current dynasty the Warriors have not had home court advantage in the NBA Finals.
1: It's just a trip. that I don't Raptors, think anybody's talking about that enough. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is a trip to me that Toronto has home court. It's just so, it just seems so weird uh, just because of how dominant Golden State is. But Golden State kind of, you know, plays the Popovich game in the regular season. Yeah. They know they just got to win enough, but. They just happened to happen to fall one win short of Toronto this year so that's insane that's uh that makes it cool i mean i think it's going to it's going to make for a more entertaining series just because uh i think it'll be a little tougher for golden state to go into toronto rather than just crush them in the first two games
0: yeah i mean obviously the the fans in toronto and really canada for that matter because I think the entire country of Canada is going to rally around the Raptors in the NBA finals. Oh yeah. Because this is essentially the US versus Canada. Yep. And I really think that's going to play into the series. And obviously we know Drake is going to be sideline court side and he's going to be going ballistic on the sidelines. The, the Raptors have a very like good home court yeah. advantage in yep. the NBA. Their fan base is yep. very passionate. It's almost like European soccer, like.
1: No, they're they're going to be set, ready to go. It's going to be a fun. They're they're going to be in it. And it's going to be a great atmosphere to see uh, Golden State play against them at home. Because, you know, I mean, I guess if if it was home court, I mean, I still think that the Golden State could probably sweep them. Uh, but I think I think Toronto's got a shot to win, give, just because of their their home court.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they have a chance.
1: They got to win one of these first two games, though.
0: I think if I think if they win one of these first two games, it'll probably be their only win of the series.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's I I think that that's I'm gonna give them five just because I'm I'm not I'm gonna give Kawhi that respect of yeah. I'm not gonna underestimate them. And honestly, they could win it all. You know, they could beat the Warriors. It's just I just don't think that's gonna happen. I've
0: seen I've seen a few people pick the Raptors to win. I've seen a lot of Warriors in six. I'm going Warriors in five, but we also have to remember that Kevin Durant is out for game one, at least of the NBA finals. He's still recovering from the calf strain. He suffered against the Rockets in the second round of the playoffs. He is traveling to Toronto with the team for games one and two. Also on the injury report for the Warriors was Boogie Cousins. He's listed as questionable for game one, so yeah. we could potentially see him out there. I'm not really sure if it's a great idea to throw him out there nah. because I think the Warriors and the system that they run and the style of play that they play is really heavily based on chemistry and the amount of time spent with each other. Yeah, And Boogie hasn't spent a lot of time on the floor yeah. with the Warriors, so I yeah. think that could really be a hindrance. No. To them, actually, if Boogie were to play, I agree. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. Also, you had Andre Iguodala miss Game Four of the Blazers with a calf injury.
1: He's important. They He's need, very important. They need depth. Depth has always been one of their strengths, and this this year, this is probably the sh- the most shallow bench they have. I would uh, agree with that. the past, but mind you, that's because they have two starters out. Yeah, You know, that that takes a big hit.
0: Yeah, but you also have to remember they swept the Blazers. They've had nine days off between game four of the closeout game of the Portland series to game one of the NBA Finals. Yeah,
1: you know, that that would have been a fact. But I think Toronto got enough rest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Toronto got enough rest to where I don't think there's going to be like – I think they're going to be rested as well. Well, I'm I don't no. Think, I, I don't think the difference between nine days and, and four or five days, isn't so different. Um, but I honestly th- kind of thought Golden State was going to be a sweep. But I got to give Kawhi one game.
0: Yeah, no, I'm definitely giving Kawhi one I think,
1: game. I think I honestly. I mean, they're probably sitting at like a ten percent chance to win it. But they they got a they got a squad if everybody plays plays the right way. And uh, and Kawhi can do some crazy shit, so this could be some one of those things where I didn't see the Detroit Pistons beating Kobe <laughs> and Shaq. Neither did I. You Trust what, me. You know what I mean. Uh, I don't think a lot of people saw LeBron beating these Warriors. I don't think a lot of people saw Kawhi Spurs beating LeBron. Yeah. So we could be sitting on something cool. Hopefully, hopefully it turns into a bigger story than. Golden State wins in four or five.
0: Yeah, listen. I mean a twenty one uh a twenty two year old Kawhi Leonard was able to take down the big bad wolf and LeBron James and the big three in the Miami Heat. Yeah. Let's see if he can take down the big yeah, bad Kawhi's wolf. Kawhi's not in the, the worry. The though, I mean Kawhi's not the worry. No, of course Kawhi's not, not the worry.
1: Like, Lowry's gotta have, you know, he's gotta be averaging seventeen to twenty points a game. With at has, least ten assists. Has to be. He's gotta be playing good. Um Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka's. I've got to be, you know, effective on defense. Siakam's got to put up regular season numbers. Um, they would need a lot to happen, but it's it's possible.
0: What would you say you're most intrigued about by this
1: matchup? Man, just seeing if Kwai could actually pull it off. <laughs> really, dude, it's just like if, if Golden State misses KD for one game, not that KD is the factor. I think if KD doesn't play this whole series, Golden State still wins. I agree with but that. But without KD, you know, one win, you you get a win out the jump in, at mm-hmm. home, and then it just starts looking better every game. You know what I mean? One win at a time. 100%. And so uh, Toronto's got a dangerous team. Uh, and it more just might me be me entertaining the idea of Golden State finally losing. Well, I think it's like, man, can they keep doing it? But I think they're just going to they just always pull away. You know, they'll they'll kind of toy with you. They'll play with you. And then there's going to be a point in normally the third quarter where they just bury you.
0: If you think about it like this, compared to last year, this team is at a disadvantage in terms of injuries. They're they're a lot more banged up than last year. And they're facing a lot better competition than they were last year. I think this Raptors team is a hundred times better than. I don't know, hundred times better. Okay, is, not a hundred times, but they're better than I would say the Cavs team last year.
1: Yeah, I mean they're probably they're probably pretty similar. I, I think those teams were still pretty solid, but you know having LeBron kind of changes that thing. Uh, he can always just win the game for you.
0: But we just we just said earlier, Kawhi's in the same tier as nope. LeBron and Kevin and, Grant now, and
1: he can. That's why I think it's going to be fun to watch. Still, I don't. I I just always thought it'd be a sweep, you know. Before the season started, throughout the whole season, throughout the whole playoffs, I just always thought Golden State can sweep the finals no matter who they play.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think ultimately it's going to be five games.
1: No, and uh, the I think so too. But I'm just really I'm really hoping for you know if you keep extending this series, crazy shit can happen. Yeah. But I think Steph Curry Steph Curry is gonna take care of this.
0: He's going to get his first finals yeah. MVP?
1: I don't know about that, but he's going to take care of the dub. He's so who gonna,
0: gets fr- who gets finals MVP then?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, you know, where I rank finals MVP. It's just <laughs> like I get it. You can have a really good series in the most important series. Um but that's not the most important thing. You know, that that's more of like opportunity and strategy. You know, they come in with a game plan. Yeah. They basically pick each team picks who is going to be their most valuable player. Yeah, there are those. There, there are those crazy performances where someone rises above, but that's not. That's not what I'm looking for. Any like Draymond, Clay, Steph, all those guys can win it. KD can come back and win it equally. I think they're all just like equal odds.
0: Yeah. Do we get any diss tracks between uh, E40 and Drake?
1: Nah, but I hope they make a song
0: together. I'm surprised we haven't gotten a Drake track they, since the Raptors made the finals.
1: Yeah, well, we probably he's probably he's probably thought about it and and recorded it, just hasn't released it.
0: Juicy, you, you saw what he was wearing uh, for Game Six courtside.
1: Yeah, the the uh, the birdie outfit. Yeah, the birdie outfit. Yeah, definitely. from above the rim.
0: Yep. Yeah, the hoodie. It was fire. He, well, he had the bandana too right, around I, his neck.
1: Yeah, he, I was like, he wore the bandana on his head after he got the hat. Yeah. So not as cool. So, but
0: well, I don't think Drake wearing a. A backwards bandana like Tupac used to is what the kind of look Drake might be going for.
1: He can do whatever he wants there.
0: Oh, that's fair. All right, before we move on from the finals, I got some fun facts about the finals. One team in the NBA Finals since 2013 has either had LeBron, Steph, or Kawhi on the roster. Yeah
1: these 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 things just ugh, this is so not impressive to me. What? That's just like a, that's just like those random combination of stats. Like only three players have ever done this. It's like, okay, so what? Well, then
0: you're going to hate my next two because the next two are stats just like that.
1: No, dude, that's just like, it's like, duh, there's always a dominant, there's always a dominant player, a dominant franchise. At least one of the two teams is always going to have that guy. So if you just connect windows, it's like Shaq being a teammate with at least one guy on every team. Since that was 84. my next one. That's just like 36 oh. years. And, I was, and that's just like, that's crazy. But the dude played with like probably a couple hundred players.
0: Yeah. So this is the 36th. Or easily a couple hundred players. Yeah. The 36th consecutive NBA finals where at least one former teammate. Of Shaquille O'Neal has played in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Danny Green of the yeah. Toronto Raptors was a teammate of Shaq in Cleveland in two thousand
1: and ten. Well, and he's got Braun in the league, so he's always he's always got that yeah. card to play for a couple more years. Yeah, if Braun can take the Lakers back to the finals, I mean, I am sure he's got some. There is some other guys out there, but well,
0: yeah. And then the next one, every final since ninety nine has had either Kobe, Duncan, D Wade, or Steph Curry in it
1: yeah so it's just if you get i don't know the, that's those tricks are just not that's not impressive i don't know it's all like, right i know obviously the best the best players in the league are going to be in the finals
0: all right the last one how much do you think a fan paid for two courtside tickets to game one
1: of uh, of the finals in Toronto. Yeah,
0: game one in Toronto. Well,
1: I actually happen to know that Toronto's expensive ass
0: stadium. Okay, so how much do you think a fan paid for two courtside tickets to uh, game
1: one? Oh no, oh god, I don't know. I don't even know the ballpark. That's the thing. it's like, I'll get, gi- I'll, I'll give you a hint. Give, give you me dig- how many digits
0: it is. I was, I, it's gonna, it's gonna be five digits. Okay, plus see, cents.
1: Yeah, see, I thought. I was gonna say I was gonna say like a hundred grand, but I didn't know if that was being too crazy. So that's that's a little egregious. But I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't know what people do. I'll just say, forty grand. Fifty-six thousand eight hundred
0: and seventy-six dollars and seventy-seven cents.
1: Fifty-six grand. Almost fifty-seven grand, basically. What can, what can you buy with fifty-seven
0: grand? <laughs> a nice Mercedes, probably.
1: A, a, a starter kit Mercedes, if a new one. Well, you never know. You never know. That's expensive as fuck. regardless.
0: Yeah. But yeah. So Each? I mean. No. So total. total so, of, for so two tickets. Two tickets. Yeah.
1: Stupid. <laughs> I just, mean, if you had the buy, money. So, just
0: buy some other seats. You're telling me if you had the money, you wouldn't spend it.
1: I'd already had the seats. That would have been a season. I'd just be a season ticket holder. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. You think that's how much? Did, that guy had to have bought him secondhand. Yeah, he bought him on StubHub. God, that's fucking crazy. Who puts up their courtside teeth?
0: I mean, season tickets are an investment.
1: We've had this conversation yeah. before. Yeah, that's wild. That is so crazy. All right. Yeah, you're right. I would do it. Yeah, exactly. Like if it was in Seattle or something. Or
0: even my favorite team. It'd be dope. You're telling me if you didn't have the money to see the Seahawks on the 50-yard line, front row, oh, in well, the Super if the Bowl. Se- if
1: the Seahawks are in the Super Bowl, I'm getting on the field. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's you... probably running to be about 50 grand. Probably more for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Fucking America.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. So, this NBA Finals is going to be, I think, one of the more exciting finals we've had. In the past couple of years, even though it's basically going to be the same conclusion we've always thought it's going to be with the Warriors winning. But before we move on and talk about R.J. Hampton and his decision to go overseas, uh, I felt we had to at least touch on the latest drama that surrounds the Lakers. Uh, A huge article was written by Baxter Holmes of ESPN. It was released at four o'clock this morning, bright and early.
1: Damn, that's what time can can That's all right, the, time up, sta-
0: the, the time. The on the on the byline of the article was oh, yeah. four a.m. That's funny. And it was basically a another behind the scenes look uh, into the dysfunction going on in the organization. And I'm not going to go into really the full full details of everything because it's, I mean easily a 2500 word article. Like I just was scrolling. I read the whole thing start to finish. Yep. Yeah, it's a read. Yeah. Now, my thoughts on the article. One. It had an obvious anti-Lakers slant. This article.
1: Who, who? How dare they?
0: <laughs> this this article had a lot of quotes From former staff members that had been let go from the magic regime that he let go of uh, that were from the previous regime, basically so he could get his guys in. And so a lot of people felt scorned. uh, I felt like that had contributed to this article as sources and had given information to contribute to the article. This article made magic seem like a tyrant As a president of basketball operations, there were quotes of uh, meetings between him and staffers that had made mistakes uh, and basically had not done their job duties to their fullest extent. And he reprimanded them as any normal boss would. And I think at the end of the day, when it comes to Magic Johnson as someone in business and as a business professional and a CEO of a company's and a president of basketball operations at the time for the Lakers. He's a very intense guy, and yeah. he's he's a five. You, you have to be. He's a five-time NBA champion. He's a multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire. He's wildly successful in the business world. It's like you don't get there by yeah. taking shortcuts in and and yeah. being. He doesn't lazy. just. He doesn't
1: just show. He's not showing up to be the, to be a face.
0: Right. Exactly and so i thought it was very interesting that a lot of the article was trashing magic and the way he runs a business because essentially the lakers are a business yeah the nba is a business Uh, now he was the president of basketball operations and dealing with basketball and on court issues as well it's like when he was at the the front office facility and around the front office executives in the offices and in the workspace, he's handling it like a business. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was uh pretty pretty apparent that it it made Magic seem like a tyrant of a business runner and uh and someone someone who runs a business. He was on that Sports Center special earlier tonight, uh, on Tuesday with Stephen A and Michael Wilbon, and it was supposed to be a finals preview show, and they spent the whole first segment. <laughs> talking about the Lakers in the, in the bombshell article and magic basically yeah. refuted everything. It was yeah. a lot more tame than the first take appearance Yeah, uh, and magic said he wasn't going to talk about the Lakers anymore until after free agency in July uh, when some results have occurred. Now some other things that were in the article. Rob Plink is a liar and he lies about things that can be confirmed as a lie. Most notably, obviously, the the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger story <laughs> with <laughs> Kobe. Basically, Rob told a story. He bas- So let me backtrack. Rob had created this somewhat, I guess, TED talk where he called it like the Lakers genius talks where he would have guest speakers come and talk to the team as a motivational tactic for the team. And in this particular case, and it's on video – The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was the guest speaker for one of these talks and Rob Polinka was trying to make the comparison uh, as an actor getting into his role, like getting ready for a role, and a player prepping for a game and all of that, and Rob told a story where he said that Kobe had recently watched The Dark Knight and he was getting ready for a game against the Knicks and he told rob to set up a uh, a dinner with heath ledger who played the joker in the dark knight and he said that the dinner got set up kobe and heath had dinner it talked about how Heath got ready for the role in the joker and kobe would use that as a way to get ready for the knicks and blah 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 heath ledger died before the dark knight had come out yeah. so obviously This story is fabricated.
1: I really got stuck on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Really backed himself into a wall with that that comment.
0: And then there were other instances where, in in the article, it cited for one, during this past draft, the Lakers had two draft war rooms where it had everybody in the scouting department in one room. And then it had Magic and Rob and a few other people in another room. Mm -hmm. And apparently, everybody in the scouting department war room wanted Villanova big man Omari Spellman. Magic and Rob wanted Mo Wagner.
1: Nice. What could have been? Listen, it gets better. It gets better.
0: Apparently, Rob Palenka went behind the scouting department's back and went to Josh Hart, who played with Spellman yeah. at Villanova, uh, I believe two years before. Yeah. Or he had been around Spellman. I'm not sure if they played together, but had been around Spellman at his time in Villanova uh, as an alumni and a, and a player because when Spellman took recruiting visits, blah, blah, blah. And basically, Josh Hart. Had some quote unquote concerns about Spellman that Palinka had made known to Magic, and so that's why they went with Mo Wagner based off of what Josh Hart said.
1: So he told them what. So what basically, he needed to to get his guy, so,
0: and so basically, Palinka is using Josh Hart as the scapegoat for why they didn't take omari spellman yeah and then omari spellman on earlier today after the article came out uh s- had some stuff to say about josh hart and i think they ended up clearing it up uh and i think all things are good but omari spellman i basically called out josh hart on twitter earlier today
1: yeah i mean that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty tough look for rod to throw so you I'm, have i'm sure josh hart's not happy to be it, exactly, under, my point.
0: Under Polinka's. You have Rob Polinka lying about a whole bunch of stuff. You have him upsetting players. He's got to go. I don't understand how he has survived all of this. And what was made apparent in the article, and it's a reason why Rob Polinka is still around. Linda Rambis is a fan of Rob Polinka. Linda Rambis is Genie Buss' closest confidant. Yeah. Advisor and people call her the quote unquote shadow owner of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So, with Linda Rambis being a fan of Rob Polinka, I don't think he's going yeah, anywhere he's anytime a, soon. He's
1: been around the organization for so long and they're just really trying to dig their heels in, you know, and be the Lakers again, you know. Yeah. Whereas they need to just be a new Lakers, you know, they need to move on.
0: Yeah. Now, a few more things rich paul was talked about in this article and in my opinion i don't think he was portrayed all that well but uh it the article had talked about moments where he had flown on the team charter and that was kind of unheard of but it ended up being because it was can he had some like travel complications on the east coast the team was on the east coast he was in brooklyn and yeah. magic confirmed on the sport on sports center earlier today just like a f- weird yeah just it was just yeah. like hey Anonimally. like and magic said he was the one that approved the move to let him on the team charter just basically catching a ride from the yeah. east coast back to the west coast but i kind of have to agree with rich paul's defense cuz they got a quote from rich paul in the article and it's like he's just doing all he can for his client and trying to do what's best for his client and he has Two clients on the Lakers. Yeah, it's just he has like, KCP yeah, and he has LeBron James.
1: It's like, oh, you're gonna talk bad about an agent? Duh. It's like, yeah, their 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 job and their, their nature is pretty snaky, you know. Yeah.
0: Now, what's interesting though is the Lakers have dealt with big superstars before Shaq, Kobe, and I was listening to ESPN Radio earlier today, and John Ireland, the play-by-play announcer. The, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Lakers, was saying, and he's he's been with the team since the Shaq-Kobe days and all of that, they hired Shaq's personal bodyguard. They hired people from Shaq's team onto – they put them on the team payroll, similar to how they've done with LeBron's camp. They did that same thing for Kobe, and it's like that's just how it kind of goes with yeah. superstars. I
1: mean, like you said, it's a business. You make business decisions.
0: But – I feel like there also has to be boundaries between the agent and the players' management team and the franchise, and I think Rich Paul and LeBron's team definitely toe the line with that. And it was brought up in the article that Rich Paul had lunch with Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, and at that lunch it was brought up that Rich Paul was, like, complaining about Luke Walton to Adam Silver. And it's like,
1: yeah. what
0: are you doing, dude? Like, why? Why you yeah. shouldn't be complaining about your team, like your client's team? The coach. money, man.
1: He's trying to, you know.
0: So that's where I think he, de- like LeBron's team, definitely toes the line with that relationship yeah. between yeah. the players' it's team a weird, it's a weird day and the w- franchise.
1: It's a weird day we we live in. We're definitely a transitional era in the NBA. Yeah, you know, it's seeing where all this kind of stuff goes, all these contracts, all all this you know, negotiating outside of like official negotiations. Yeah. uh, Players, you know, doing their own recruiting, agents doing their, building their own teams. You know? Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird concept, but kind of just the future. Yeah. And now the last two
0: things that I took away from the article, Jeannie Bus has to get her head out of her ass and hire experienced people for the basketball positions in the front office. And those experienced people, don't have to have previous ties to the Lakers and that's okay.
1: Well that's what I mean. I think that you know the Lakers have just dug their heels in and keep hiring Lakers and because they want to be the old Lakers and it's they just they're they're still the Lakers, you know what I mean It's still an attractive position. so it's like if you just clean house and move forward and you say, hey, we got you know we've got Jeannie Buss as the owner and we got LeBron James as the star player. This is what we got. You know, you fill in all those other positions. Already got their head coach. Or got a good assistant coach. Probably need to get a new pre- president. You know what I mean? Probably need to get a new GM. All this kind of stuff. You can just hire outside of your right non-Lakers and just sell it as you guys are the new regime.
0: Yeah. And the last thing, I think just overall, the franchise needs to be more transparent with its staff, employees, players, coaches. I need
1: to be more fucking honest that it's LeBron's this like we just got to swallow that pill. Of yeah. The Lakers and the LeBron world has collided. And, you know, losing just justified everybody hate hating and fighting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It uh, made it easier. Yeah, so it's like duh, we told you. Like I hated this from the beginning. Uh, But it's like, yo, if you really love the Lakers and you want to win, you have to build around LeBron or you're just going to be a clusterfuck like you are now.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing Magic said on the the Sports Center special earlier today was –
1: They are just a broken body from the inside out. Well, he said they need to stay out of the news, and I I, I hope he's right. They do, man. They do. They got to stay out of the news. Vogel, that's the right step, though. You know what I mean? He
0: seems like the only adult in the room right now.
1: Yeah, I think that's the right step. I think that's a good step, especially if Braun's on it. Like if Bron and Vogel are on the same page, and and Bron honestly, like obviously, he's gonna have his back to have to start. Yeah. But I mean, if LeBron really is like excited about it and, and happy that he's his coach, this is gonna be a good thing.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's all up to the draft in July first, and, and
1: we got that. Yeah, and we got that draft pick. You know, I think uh, we can make some big strides. Oh,
0: I completely forgot. You know, did you hear how the NBA changed the free agency time? No. So it's now like, I believe it'll be 6 p.m. June 30th. Like teams are allowed to start talking to players. Like right after the draft? Not like, no, it's still a couple weeks after the draft. I think the draft is like June 20th. Yeah. But what what'd you say? June thirtieth. So the day yeah, before so July like, 1st. Yeah, like right. 1st. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, like so they moved it basically because it's like on the East Coast, they would teams would be calling players at midnight. Mm-hmm. If players were on the West Coast, it'd be nine PM. It's like it's late at night. Let's nah, do this during yeah. normal business hours no, makes type sense. thing.
1: It's, yeah. Kind of like the stock market.
0: Yeah, exactly. Smart. Yeah. So all right. RJ Hampton, big news. Big fan of this kid. Big news. He's a 6'5 point guard. He's a five-star prospect from Texas.
1: I actually got – real quick, I actually got roasted on social media because – By who? Wait, who did you get roasted by on social media? Just just some like randoms because like when the McDonald's All-American rosters came out, I was just like, where's RJ? Uh I forgot he was a junior. (laughs) No, You know, so he wasn't eligible and I just got lit up. It was hilarious. Oh, man.
0: So he's a five-star point guard he's 6'5 from yeah, Texas. He's a, big,
1: he's a big he's a big lanky guard.
0: He narrowed down his choices for college to Memphis, Kansas, and Texas Tech. Those were his top and, 3. And
1: he had he had Kansas, North Carolina, had, Duke. Yeah, he had Duke, everybody Kentucky. Was, he, everybody was, was on him. It. Yep.
0: He announced Tuesday on ESPN's Get Up that he had agreed to play professional basketball with the New Zealand Breakers of the Australian National Basketball League. Obviously, this isn't the traditional route a player usually would choose, like after high school, go to college, do the one and done if he's that good of a player, and then go to the NBA and all of that. Hampton had a very interesting quote on GetUp, talking about his decision to why he is now going to play professionally overseas instead of going to college. He said, quote, My dream has never been to play college basketball. My dream is always to get to the next level and to play in the NBA. So I think this was the best route for me to live like a pro and play grown men every day and not to kind of have to juggle books and basketball and just focus on my main goal.
1: Yep, I mean, uh, I've been waiting because he, he's been talking after the first, like once AAU season start, he was just like, there's nothing left I got to do here. You know, he was supposed to be a senior this year, and uh, once AU season started, he realized he didn't. He stopped playing, um, and I've been waiting for him to commit to a college. So yeah, it's cool that it's cool that he's going overseas. He's kind of taken two different routes um, that I know of personally. Like, he's kind of a mix between Brandon Jennings and Marvin Bagley. Uh, Marvin Bagley skipped his senior year. He reclassified his. Yep but he just went to duke um and then you know we know brandon jennings went overseas for a year uh rather than go to college so uh he played in italy right um or greece he, no uh he played for i know the team damn it i'll come back to that because uh, he played for a big time team yeah he did uh but I mean, this is just a cool thing to see. It's a different option, and it's just crazy because he's gonna he's gonna get into the NBA a year sooner because of this decision. And ultimately, I think if you can start when you're eighteen over nineteen or nineteen over twenty that's that's a win. yeah I just I just looked up
0: who Brandon Jennings played for. It's a uh, virtuous Roma in Italy. yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see what happens with him in Australia or New Zealand. It's an Australian league though. Right. Yeah. So in New Zealand.
0: Yeah. So his team's from New Zealand, but they're in the Australian national basketball league.
1: And so, and that's probably the league that uh, Melo's is going to be in. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's going to be, we're probably going to get a RJ Hampton LaMelo ball, uh, matchup.
0: So yeah. So Hampton's deal with the breakers, it's a two-year deal, uh, part owner and managing director Matt Walsh told Bloomberg News that if Hanton is drafted by an NBA team in 2020, which would be his first year of eligibility, the breakers would be eligible for an $800,000 buyout from that team.
1: Yeah, That's a great contract.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has an out if he does get drafted, which is great. And then the team gets compensated for it. So right. it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody now this is obviously not the first time we've seen an athlete decide to play overseas rather than in college it's still the less popular decision yeah. and so whenever someone does make this kind of move it kind of sends shockwaves through the basketball world what kind of effect do you think this is going to have on other top high school prospects making the decision between Playing pro
1: or yeah. going to college. I mean, there's a lot of kids I thought were going to make a bigger impact than they actually did. Um, it's still been the era, even since like Brandon Jennings. Um, it's still kind of been the era of uh, it happens every once in a while, and those guys really haven't like become a star quite yet. So um, it's still interesting to see. It's not, but I just I do believe this is the future. It's different options. I don't think it's just going to be go to high school, go to college, go to the league. Well, yeah, because we Um, also
0: can't forget about the G League select contracts where they're going to be taking, like, top high school prospects and giving them G League contracts.
1: Yeah, and so it's just like you've got a kid this year going to the draft and Jalen LeCue that played five years of high school basketball and went to, like, a post-grad team. Yeah. Um, So that's an option. you got people like LaMelo Ball, who's probably going to go play overseas, you know, who's played overseas at a younger age. People like RJ Hampton that are skipping their senior year. Marvin Bagley skipping their senior year to go play a year of basketball. You know, people are getting creative with this and it's just yeah, like they're finding when lo- someone's ready to go, they're going to figure it out, you know. And this happens this and,
0: happens really with any rule, you'll find a loophole and yep, these guys are finding and, the loopholes.
1: And then uh, Darius Basley is another kid that's going to get drafted this year and he didn't play he didn't play professional basketball at all this whole year. He's the one who got the he got the a contract, right? He, or yeah, he got a contract basically an intern contract for new balance.
0: Yeah. And it's uh, going to turn into a shoe deal once he goes pro. Yep.
1: And, and, uh, you know, he's probably, he was, a, he was, a he was a McDonald's all American big time, you know, five-star player. He's going to get drafted this year. You know, he's another option. It's like, it, and he just worked out. So if that works out, you know, kids they're going to be like, why am I going to my senior year? Why am I going to college? You know, why don't I go overseas? Why don't I train? You know, yeah. why don't I go to the G League? Um, it's just going to be a big, you know, a bunch of different combinations of those. But the big one, like, RJ and Marvin Bagley, to me, are big time, though, for skipping senior year. Yeah. You know, they they were so ready to go that they are like, I, I can't waste my senior year playing high school basketball. Yeah. I, I, I got to get to the year. I got to get to the league a year earlier.
0: Yeah. And I think
1: it's with... I
0: think what's really helped this has been social media and these kids being exposed to the kind of really for lack of a better term exposed to the exposure that they're getting
1: yeah they're worth so much money and like for basley it was just he was paid out of out of high school
0: yeah set up
1: and he knew he was going to get at least drafted Yeah, he's going to get at least a chance. Yeah, so and and it's just like he's going to get drafted, so he's going to get paid. He's going to be set almost for life. I mean, it's going to give him a great start as a teenager.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in the draft with uh, Darius Basley and then also what the future holds for players like R.J. Hampton and LaMelo Ball and players that struggle with the decision of going pro or – taking the college route to get to the nba
1: well and he, i think i saw uh, rj mention luca and how you know luca's yeah, I route saw that too. and you know you don't have to go to college to be a great player
0: yeah he kind of he basically said that luca kind of proved that you don't have to take the traditional route to be successful in the nba
1: yeah which he didn't he's just the most recent one you know and i think uh, it's
0: i think luca is a completely separate scenario because he is european and he didn't Come up in the traditional American high school yeah, I mean, basketball. He's been a pro
1: for, he's been a pro. He's been a pro since he was three, like 16. You know, three, four years now. Um, and so now RJ Hampton's going to get a ch- chance to be a pro as a teenager. Yeah. And I think, I think he's
0: not going to be the last. No. So, all right. You got a, any shout outs before we get out of here?
1: Yeah. I got a weird one this week. Uh, okay. uh, a girl that I don't really know. I just learned her name today Megan Gustafson she played basketball at the University of Iowa. Um, she is competing uh, they announced today. She's competing in one of my favorite events, a thing called the basketball tournament. Oh, I love and, the, uh, the TBT. And she's going to be playing for the Iowa Alumni team and it's just a uh, shout out to the basketball tournament for allowing a woman to play, you know, in the in the game. They 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 uh they're uh, quote uh, was if if you can play, you can play. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you if you, basically is like if you you pick your players, you pick your team. You know what I mean. So it's like whoever shows up is who shows up, and uh, that's pretty groundbreaking stuff. This is a big time tournament, yeah. basically a professional tournament. It's for a million dollars. Uh, two million dollars.
0: Oh, they upped it to two
1: now. And for the last couple of years, it's been two. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's I think cool. you know they're doing more and more expanding the tournament, uh, but she's gonna be out there. She's going to be out there hooping in the basketball tournament. At, she just graduated in 2019. Wow. One of the best, from what I've read, one of the best basketball players in college. It's crazy she didn't go to the WNBA. She might be, but it's just like, it's different different rules for, uh, you know, like the WNBA is not the NBA. Well, the, well you know I know I mean? the WNBA. It's not the top prize. Like, she's probably, it's probably like, if she was going to go over to Europe or something, and yeah. really, you know, they have so many. Well, I know, most the, w- women I know the WNBA
0: season just started.
1: And most pro women, I think, play two seasons a year.
0: Yeah, so. that's true. All right. I have a shout out that I prepared and then a shout out that just popped up on the fly. Huh. Uh, my planned shout out is to none other than the logo, Mr. Clutch, Jerry West. Today's his 81st birthday. So uh, happy birthday to the logo. No matter what, Laker fans will always have a special place in their heart for Jerry West, number
1: forty-four. He's he's the proof to me that getting to the finals is an accomplishment. Yeah, you don't know, like just because you never won it doesn't mean you weren't like be, one, getting one there, and nine. Get one and eight. One and eight. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, uh, got uh you know because he's a legend. He's one of the greatest, one of the greatest point guards of all time, and won one out of nine titles. One and eight.
0: Yeah. Now my on the fly shout out, is to Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers. He had a home run last night, which was number 19. And then just now in the bottom of the third, he hit another home run to make it 20 on the year. And he is now the second Dodger to ever hit 20-plus home runs in the first 55 games of the season. Him and Gil Hodges are are the two Dodgers to have done that. He's on a historic pace. He's batting... 400 still and we're 55 games into the season he's got to be the the leader in the clubhouse for mvp so far yeah and he had two crazy crazy throws last night getting two guys out uh on i mean he just launched them from right field and he got a guy out at third and got a guy out at home
1: people talk about him like he's the he's the next guy up he's
0: got a 2.1 advantage in wins above replacement over mike trout this season and mike trout is widely regarded as the best player in baseball but i think cody bellinger is right there on his heels now
1: the most boring best player ever well yeah mike trout is the most
0: boring best player ever it's all good but all right with that that wraps up this episode of the tsk show episode 99 in the books Yep. next week episode more double digits for us (laughs) Yeah, we're we're on to triple digits next week, episode 100. It's it's going to be a big one. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachulki. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to The TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of The TSK Show. Peace.
1: Later.